Welcome to the Everything Action Cast, the official podcast of EverythingAction.com. Hello and welcome to the Everything Action Cast, the podcast for the week of October 9th, 2023. I'm your host, Zach, and I'm actually solo for being part of this episode this week. Um, Chris is actually at New York Comic Con helping some uh, vendor friends of ours and also running around and getting pictures of celebrities, whoever's there, and seeing all the sites. So you can check out our social media site, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, check all that stuff out for whatever Chris is posting up there. And he'll actually be, he'll be, he'll be here for the later half of the show, which records something earlier before he left for Comic-Con for our show and tell. So we'll talk about Saw X and Bats, the 1999 classic we both watched, along with some other stuff that we checked out. But first, uh, let's get into some news. I'll just do a quick run on some of the news stories that came out this week. And... We can kick things off with uh, the trailer for The Iron Claw, which is a wrestling biopic from A24. It's coming out just in time for Christmas on December 22nd of this year. And this is a biopic about the Von Eriks, who were a wrestling dynasty. Uh, they were a family of wrestlers going all the way back to the 60s with the uh, patriarch of the family, Fritz Von Erich, who's going to be played by Hulk McCallany in the movie. And uh, he, st- he founded a uh, wrestling federation called uh, World Class Champions of Wrestling. And then kind of uh, had his sons basically from like birth trained to be wrestlers. And it was very adamant that they re- wrestling was an important part of their lives. Um, and it was very intense, of course, at least according to the movie. And from what I've seen from like uh, Dark Side of the Ring. Because they were they were a successful wrestling family, but they're also plagued by a lot of personal drama and tragedy and personal demons that we're I'm sure the movie's gonna get into. And Zach Efron is playing Keith Von Erich, who is actually the only surviving brother of this family. Uh, all the other brothers, um, uh, you know, died very young or had uh, tragic accidents or um, yeah, did not did not make it to the present day. Um, uh, Jeremy Allen White is actually playing Carrie Von Eric, who's one of the brothers. And then uh, Harris Dickinson, Stanley Simmons are playing other brothers. Uh, Maura Kinnery is playing the Von Eric matriarch Doris. And then Willie James is playing Kevin's wife, Pamela. And then there's also going to be some kind of legendary wrestlers um, portrayed by other for actors. So uh, Aaron Dean Eisenberg is playing Ric Flair. Um, because Ric Flair, Ric Flair was in the same federation that the Von Erichs were in um, before everyone went, kind of went over to the WWE slash F. And uh, Casey Lewis uh, Serino is playing Bruiser Brody, who's also another uh, very famous but tragic uh, wrestling figure. He had his own kind of, uh, you know, kind of sad Dark Side of the Ring end to his career in life. But I mean, it looks it looks definitely it definitely looks like if you're a fan of like the wrestler during like, a rescue movie, like this seems like it's gonna be right in that kind of wheelhouse. Although uh, this one's based on true events, so kind of even like more tragic but also hopefully you know interesting as well uh the dark side of the ring episode was actually you know super you know super sad but also interesting and uh like all the other dark side of the ring episodes basically but uh it's, and it's directed by uh sean durkin who directed uh martha martha marcy may marlene and the nest so if you saw either of those two movies those are also some pretty you know dark not <laughs> not probably movies um but then it also seems like it seems like this could be maybe an Oscar contender. I don't know if 
you know, Zac Efron maybe could get like an Oscar nomination for this. We'll have to see. I think Hall McCannley definitely seems like from what we've seen in the trailer that he seems like a potential like best supporting actor nomination. But uh, yeah, you can check that out in uh, December, December twenty second. Uh, if you're a wrestling fan or just a fan of just kind of like you know interesting st- biopics, interesting stories. And then uh, other news, um, we got some news about Daredevil: Born Again. Uh, not good news. Uh, apparently, you know we're still in, we're still got the re- the actor strike is going on. The writer strike is officially one hundred percent resolved, but the actor strike is going on. But Disney has. Uh, let the head writers uh, that were writing the series, uh, they let them go. And they also let go um, the other directors who have not, like they were signed on to direct episodes that haven't been shot yet, but they are all, they're looking for a whole new directing team. They're looking for a whole new like head writing team. Apparently they're like going to really change the creative direction of the show. Like, so apparently whatever was going on with Daredevil board again, Disney was not, uh, a fan of it, and they are basically kind of revamping the whole show. Like some elements are going to stay stay from like this current iteration, but it's going to be really like revamped, reworked, and uh, turned into like kind of a different show than what it was originally. So we'll have to, yeah, we'll have to see what that means. Um, I believe Charlie Cox, Vincent D'Onofrio, they're all everyone's kind of back. At least those two are back. Um, and it's going to be even probably more delayed than it was. Like it was, I think it's supposed to go on next year sometime, but. I mean, who knows now if, if they can't get the show shot or written uh, and they're totally revamping it. I mean, this could be two or three years from now. But um, yeah, hope, we'll definitely keep an eye on things to see what uh, comes out from that. Cause it's, I mean, of all the upcoming Marvel shows, I think that's one that like I know Chris and I are and like like a lot of people are anticipating is like a, a big Marvel show, especially you know coming off the Netflix show, and this is kind of like the continuation of that, and then. You know, they're able to turn all the characters returning for like um, Hawkeye and She Hulk and all that stuff. So, yeah, definitely gonna keep an eye on that, see how that develops. And then we also got some news about Star Trek, Star Trek Prodigy, uh, which got canceled and then completely removed from Paramount Plus. Um, it's got a new home, it's, it's gonna be on Netflix. Netflix has picked up the rights to the first season, and they're gonna air the second season, which is actually like in production um ready to, uh, like kind of on the way to being ready to go when paramount uh canceled them and they were yeah basically if, if netflix didn't pick them up like those episodes were never gonna air even though they were like kind of i, I think they were either done or like close to being done but yeah the second season will air sometime uh next year on netflix the first season is going to be on netflix uh later this year and yeah, this is, this is the third place that uh, Prodigy has aired. It was a Nickelodeon show to start with, and then went to Paramount Plus, and now it is Netflix. And uh, all the all the other Netflix shows are still on uh, Paramount Plus, and there's two more upcoming shows. But yeah, Strange New World, Discovery, uh, Lower Decks, all that stuff is still on Paramount Plus. They just for whatever reason, like Prodigy did not meet their ratings or viewership requirements or costs cost analysis whatever they were doing to like save costs for the streaming service but if you're if you're a fan of prodigy it's going to be back uh soon on netflix and then speaking of uh netflix um one of their one they're they're part of the huge uh resurgence of suits this year it was netflix and peacock both have uh the full run of suits and obviously uh i think we talked about it a couple episodes ago but like absolutely just decimating viewership ratings and records uh millions upon millions upon millions of views for every episode uh, for, for like the whole se- whole past summer 
And apparently all that uh, new attention has kind of revitalized interest in the show, obviously. And there's going to be some sort of new uh, new show in the Suits universe. Um, Aaron Korsh, who created the show, is apparently talking to NBC and uh, developing some sort of spinoff or offshoot or sideshow. Um, and not, not really clear, like, it, well, like it, if it's going to be based on any of the characters from the main show or if it's going to be like in the same universe, but like a new, a new setup. But um, yeah, apparently, apparently they're talking about it and uh, it could maybe be streaming. I don't know if it would be like a Peacock show or if it'd be, they would sell it to someone else or it actually would air like NBC or maybe back on USA. Although USA is like, like basically not really, it's totally different than what, what was when Suits was airing. Like they're not, they're, that was the era when they had like Royal Pains and Burn Notice and uh, whatever. Else. Like, <laughs> what was that? Uh, the other show was like, it's like it's like a paper paper bush show. I think it was like oh, Covert Affairs. <laughs> they're all they're all like very punny shows, and they're like very like super pulpy and light and uh, you know good summer watching. But yeah, I mean, if you're a fan of suits or if you're a new fan of suits, um, you can def you can look forward to some sort of new entry in that universe soon. And then speaking of TV rights, um, the rights to Halloween, <coughs> the Halloween franchise, has uh, been bought by Miramax. So they bought the TV rights to Halloween from uh, Troncus International Films, who apparently owns the rights to the entire Halloween franchise. And they signed a deal that is going to let them make TV shows, um, potentially also movies. I, th I think Miramax was a, a part of the whatever the Bloomhouse deal was that you know got like the David Gordon Green trilogy made. So they could kind of like work that into like maybe like making new movies and also uh, TV shows. And they want to make some sort of cinematic universe, apparently, which is you know still a buzzword that people are talking about, even though. Most of it failed horribly, and yeah, no, no word on what the show would be. If it would be like a re total reboot of like the franchise, and we, like it would be like an extended version of the original movie, or um, some sort of like prequel, or we, who who knows? I I personally think like the most interesting thing would be if they actually like went back to what the original idea for like Halloween three was, where. It was going to be just like an anthology based on like Halloween, the, the holiday, and not Michael Myers particularly. Because that's like, I, I feel like we've done everything we possibly could do with Michael Myers. Like he was like a, you know, Celtic uh, cult symbol. He was Laurie's brother. He was an unkillable zombie. Well, I, I guess he, he never became like a killable zombie, but almost, almost at that point. And he's been rebooted and reworked. And, you know, I, I think we've seen almost everything we could possibly see from Michael. And so if they were going to do this, like some sort of Halloween series, like maybe just maybe, maybe like an episode or two, they're like a Michael Myers related thing. And then, you know, explore new areas. Like cause the original idea for the series was that you had the first two and then you had season, of the witch and season, of the witch was supposed to be kind of the new take, which was like, it wasn't necessarily going to be a Michael Myers movie every time. It was going to be some sort of new, a horror movie just based around the concept of Halloween, the holiday, or set around that time, and then everyone, like every audience at the time, kind of like, you know revolted because they wanted Michael Myers back. So they, yeah, you know, yeah, Halloween Four, Return of Michael Myers, and all that stuff, and then 
you know, where we are now with the new trilogy and the reboots and all stuff. But yeah, I definitely think um, some sort of anthology show would be a more interesting spin than just like an extended, like, you know, six hour long Halloween movie with Michael Myers. Like, they're already like very, you know, simple plots, especially the first movie. Like, I don't know how you would like make a six hour long movie with Michael Myers just like stalking people and killing people. So, who knows? Um, we'll, have to, we'll have to see how this develops and we'll keep an eye on it and see if it, whatever new details comes from this. But uh, yeah, Halloween coming to your uh, your TV or your streaming service uh, of choice in the near future or wherever wherever it lands. And then uh, last bit of news, which is actually this news is right out of Comic Con. Um, Warner Brothers is teaming up with Dynamite Comics, and they're actually going to be producing a line of comic books based on a lot of Hanna Barbera Warner Brothers properties. So we're going to be getting comics, and at least in this first wave. Uh, based on Thundercats, Flintstones, Powerpuff Girls, Space Ghost, Johnny Quest, Wizard of Oz, and We Bear Bears. And then potentially more on the way. I guess it depends on like maybe if uh, uh, if these do well, we'll get other comics based on other franchises. The one they really gave uh, details for is th- the Thundercats comic. It's going to be written by uh, Declan Shelby. And it's going to be art by Drew Moss. Um, so Shelby worked on uh, the Alien comic and also Old Dog and Dead, Deadpool vs. Old Man Logan. Uh, Drew, Drew Moss worked on the Gargoyles comic. He also worked on Vampirella, Red Sonia, and Copperhead. And the Thundercats comic is actually going to be an origin or like a prequel to the show. It's going to be set on Third Earth, um, which is where, where the Thundercats came from before they ended up on... Um, oh, which actually, that's, that's where they ended up after they escaped like their original home. Um but it's going to dive into like kind of like the, the early days of third earth uh, and uh, you know, untold histories, uh, new characters, new, like kind of like exploring more of like the mythology of third earth and Thundercats and all that stuff. And, but still, still feature, still, still going to feature Lionel and Chitar and all the rest of the group. So um, that's coming in February. Uh, next year so you can look if you're a thundercats fan you can look forward to that uh next year and i don't think it, i don't think they said any other sort of date with the other books but apparently yeah there's, they're gonna be kind of rolling those out something like probably like all through next year um at your comic book store uh locally or you know on whatever app you're using but uh yeah just another kind of like like way to like try to for whoever's discovery trying to make um you know get to bring out some money from their franchises and their series along with like, you know, selling them to like other streaming services and, you know, all their other schemes they've been doing recently. But, uh, it's, it's dynamite doesn't really solid, uh, comic book work. So hopefully these books are all, will all be interesting and cool. All right. So let's get into some show and tell. And, uh, Chris, you and I, uh, actually watched a couple things together in the same space because, uh, you came up for, to my neck of the woods for retro game con uh this past weekend which, yeah i did yeah so we, we you know we got played some retro games we had our panel which is awesome at the convention but we also saw some movies um so we actually went out to the theater and saw saw x yeah x x gonna give it to you <laughs> uh yeah so yeah the 10th saw movie obviously based on the title and the weird Interquel because it takes place between Saw and Saw Two, and uh, definitely 
a huge step up from the last couple Saw movies. Uh, way, 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 way better than Jigsaw. Way better than Spiral. Kind of, definitely, a kind of like like a, like a, like a return to form for the Saw franchise. Like, kind of back to basics. Like simpler traps. You know, Tobin Bell's back. Shawnee Smith's back. Like, um, yeah, and and a one room Saw movie. No, no one really travels anywhere. It's sort of like each section of this warehouse is a gimmick. Yeah, which I I, I enjoyed that because like that you got to see like the people like all, all everyone who's like trapped in the game kind of like got to see like other, everyone else play the games that they were trapped in and be like trying to like yell advice or like try to like <laughs> like just get like horrified about what's gonna happen to them instead of the like because so, definitely some of the later ones got into like these very elaborate but it was one person like stumbling in a room and then they're like in a blender or, <laughs> or whatever whatever rube goldberg machine it was and this one, this one, Socks is definitely more effective because, yeah, simpler traps, but still like very like visceral, especially like like some of them. Like I think you and I were talking like talking about like, the one that really stood out was like, um, someone has to saw their own leg off with like one of those like wire saws. That one made me wince just because it goes on for so long. It goes <laughs> it just, on for so long and it's very gruesome. And just the fact, like, she gets, it, like, she's sawing it, she goes faster and faster and faster as it goes on, and it's, 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 it's like, and then, like, and then, and then that's, I mean, like, the, like, the end of it, because you have to, Jigsaw makes her, like, suck out bone marrow, and you have to get a certain amount of bone marrow on the scale, and then that's how you stop, like, the, the neck blade is going to come at, like, there's, like, a wire saw blade that's going to come at your neck if you don't, uh, win the game. Kill the, yeah, if you don't trigger the scale tip it a lot of these have to do with always um filling something up or triggering like a collection limit i thought that's, that's always been kind of a saw staple is jigsaw always makes them not all, like... that's a classic one because that one is really you versus the time there's no mm-hmm. other external human trying to interfere it's you can you do this on your own like that one like the one like, what was it saw four or five where it was you had to you had to drain them you had to drain the it filled the, the thing with like blood but then it was the twist was oh you all should have came together because then you would have all, it was all, less blood yeah you all could have like donated one liter of blood now like two you have to donate like half your blood in your body and then um the one with like there was also the one I think it was like two like three four or five it was like the cold open one where they had like saw. Like a, a chunk of their like arm off, like yeah, like do, like you did donate a, like a certain amount of flesh. <laughs> well, oh, that was the one where the woman cut off her arm and it beat the yeah. other guy who couldn't do enough and a trap smashed on his face. Yeah, yeah, because mm-hmm. they're trying to one up each other. See, like that is crazy because that's one where it's like, can you honestly? It's like now you're forcing this person to do something that has consequences to another person that half the time they have no relation to. The one that was hilarious, I think it was Saw 7 or 8, was the one where it was the two guys realizing that they're with the same girl. Yeah, the, like, back and forth Saw, and then they were like, oh, hey, bro, we we can, like, let's, like, she's the one that got us in this situation, let's, like, let's saw her in half. And they were, like, in the middle of, like, a, a public park. Yep. <laughs> it was, like... 
<laughs> like a curtain drop that's just like, here's my here's my performance art piece. That's another thing. That, yeah. that was that was that was even John. That was, that was like Hoffman at that point, though. It was like Hoffman was like doing this like weird, weird street art. Yeah, I mean, those guys were just legit. They weren't criminals. Yeah, that was just something he just decided to do. Well, well, Hoffman doesn't have the moral like the like kind of moral code that John has. <laughs> Hoffman's just a dick. That's true. I feel like the Hoffman traps are like always just random people and they have weird, weird shit going on. Um anyway, but we get too far. This one though. I thought this one this one they like did him dirty. Like they they I get why John Kramer was just like, oh hell no, but he was way too prepared to do what he did in this movie. Well that's what I was gonna say, like, this one is definitely of all the Saw movies, this one definitely is the one that leads more most to making like John and and also Amanda like antiheroes because they are they're basically like fully in the right because <laughs> they like like the people that are like putting in the games are horrible. And I especially love like the one the main like uh like was she like Swedish or something like the doc the main doctor who's like yeah um is like the head of this, this scam that because uh. John finds out about this, this like miracle cure for his cancer, but then turns out to be a scam, and they they're basically just trying to steal money from people. But then I love the fact that by the end of the by end of the Saw X, that she's like the, like the most evil person in the entire Saw franchise, or just like willing to like throw a kid into like a trap and like it's <laughs> like like yeah, it just just make it makes John and Man just be like, oh yeah, they're reasonable. <laughs> like this, this this woman's a crazy lunatic. Yeah, Amanda, she shows up just prepared to do this, which is fine. I figure, but it makes more sense where he had he called in his other apprentices to come help. I think I, th- I think we were we were trying to figure out like what the time frame was for this because yeah. John goes to Mexico and then realizes it's a scam, and then it seems like within like a couple days he's gotten Amanda there and they've rigged up this entire like warehouse with traps and they've captured everybody. And he's uh, he's somehow found a lot. I, I get your your. I mean, not to spoil much, but there are some things where like, where did he get this? Yeah. Where did he get all these supplies? I get metal. I get electronics. You can buy that in places. And, and there was there was some there was some like medical equipment left in that like warehouse, I guess, because that's what they, they were like they did like the the surgery quote unquote, mm-hmm. but then it was abandoned. Totally so. makes sense for some of them. But yeah, but then some of them, yeah, it's just like where <laughs> did the man just drive a truck down full of like equipment? Because <laughs> they're doing it, they're doing it in Mexico. So had, like she had to drive from wherever they're normally like. Are they in like Los Angeles? Or, like, I don't think we ever know like where Jigsaw is like Mexico. operating out of. Well, like oh, oh, for, sorry, like, yeah. like like the actual like the main movies. Like we don't, I don't think we ever really really know like where it depends John on operates which movie. out of. It depends on which movie. Some part, I think the first movie is L.A. because you see palm trees. Mm-hmm. The second movie is supposed to be in the same city, but he captures a Boston cop. Mm-hmm. Third movie, it's somewhere. It looks like Oregon because it like is rainy all the time, or like Washington State maybe. Yeah, and then it's just like whatever. Like then I think it's back to LA again, just from the obvious aesthetics. But uh, yeah, well, the story was, is 
Yeah. I would say th- this was definitely Mexico because the uh, it has the yellow Mexico filter on it. So <laughs> either it's Mexico or the Middle East. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but overall, like the how they structure it, how it gets to the point, is different from most Saw movies because it takes about like forty minutes until Jigsaw decides to be Jigsaw again. Because it's it's just watch John Kramer go through um, like cancer treatment. Cancer, but yeah, it's like yeah, it's like a medical drama or like a it's like weird drama. Except, except for the one, there's the one weird sequence where John is like in the hospital. And he sees an orderly like thinking about stealing stuff, and then John instantly comes up with like this trap of like I'm gonna I'm gonna have him like have to break his own fingers, but, he, but it's gonna suck his eyes out from the shop backs. So he just Which, like like just instantly he just instantly imagines that, but then the guy like puts the back away, and John's like, "Oh, okay, good job." <laughs> yeah, good choice. Yeah, because your eyes would have been. I was gonna suck your jar. eyes out with a, with a vacuum cleaner. Which it's also it's also funny that that's like the like poster trap, and it's like it's imaginary that does exist. That part did kind of like I didn't like that because I think in all the other movies the whatever's featured on the cover is usually like there and you see yeah. it come to its glory it's like yeah it's like either like the feature trap or like the cold open trap or some sort but definitely featured in the movie and it i mean the vacuum tubes are featured in the movie but then yeah it's just some sort of like it's a daydream imagination of like what john would have done for to that a daydream guy. even for a daydream it should have been way more elaborate because it seemed really reasonable for a daydream like you know i feel like for his daydream he should dream about stuff that may or may not have been real something crazy where it's like i'll fill your eyeballs up with gold or what's he will it's we're talking about because like it's it was as far as like saw traps that one seemed kind of not that bad you just had like you i mean you had to break your own fingers with like this like dial but i mean you're you're just breaking your fingers it's not like you have to cut them off or cut your own arm off or like you know you're gonna have your head yeah, you like smashed heal. open. Yeah, you'll heal you, from that probably. You can heal with surgery. You can walk away to some degree. Everyone else is like losing limbs. The woman who cut off her leg and had to feed it bone marrow. That woman is forever knocked. Even if she wins, like you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. that's terrible. And then the other guy had to like cut his cut a piece of his brain out and put it in like a a. Like a tub of acid to like make an electrical charge. Yeah, that one. It's like you're you're not gonna heal from that, even if you sort of learn your lesson. Sort of, you're not gonna <laughs> was, remember that. It was funny because John was like, it is like you know his saw uh, like rules instructions. He's just like, the brain is a miraculous thing. It can it can rewire itself. You'll be fine. <laughs> Don't trust the voice like that. What does John know? (laughs) If he knew that, I think he would have done his own brain surgery. That's what uh, Carrie Elway has told him that. It's like, oh, yeah, be fine. If he cuts his own brain, it'd be fine. It's a little piece of his brain. (laughs) Yeah, now I'm going to wait. I'm going to see, like, are they going to acknowledge him at least or what? Make him finally. You know what they should have done? Brought him in and then say, like, hey, listen. You're gonna be my like spare, like regardless of anything's going on, like just carry continue that legacy. Oh, it's it's the it's the like the Hoffman cameo. Yeah, like why instead of the Hoffman cameo? Or they or they both should have been in there. Yeah, because do they all have to? I guess Hoffman never knew about Carrie always. 
no, he that yeah, Kira was like was like the like dark like the secret secret apprentice. Like if if everything went wrong, like if, you know if, if Jill died and everything else happened, then Kira was activated. He act, but he gets activated. Yeah. I don't. Know. I I just had problems with like the story structure. Still, I mean, again, only because there's legit a good lore between everything. Mm-hmm. And then knowing what I know, never seen all of them. The like spiritual sequels. How dumb they get. But yeah, I mean, it, it's good it, to see it. See, it's good to see this go back to basics. Yeah, and, and if there's gonna be more Saw movies, like make it more like definitely more like this, and not the prequels and the sidequels. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't know where else you can jam movies in in the Saw timeline, but I would definitely definitely prefer like you know stuff like like Saw X for the for the series. I'm okay with Hoffman. I'm okay with him and uh, Carrie always battling out as the true heir, and we just forget about the other guy. Let's just do that. Like, we oh, can move on. Are, we don't need like, John like, always. Like, like Hoffman somehow escapes from, like, the bathroom? Yeah, he got I mean, the it's escapable. It's escapable. He didn't get knocked out. Uh, I mean, he doesn't have to use the uh, hacksaw. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like he's resourceful. He got out of reverse bear trap. Bare- barely, but yeah, he did. <laughs> but yeah, we'll see. Um, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully this is a uh, kind of like <laughs> the soft stretch is, is back to back after this. After, after two of the of the worst, not not just the worst entries in like the Saw franchise, but just two of the worst movies ever. <laughs> like Jigsaw and Spiral were so bad. I, I think I put them both as like whatever year they came out, they were like my worst movie of the year for, for hmm. on the site. So, and you, and you still you still you still have not seen Spiral, Chris. I mean, I have not. I don't know. I just don't have any interest. Yeah, and it's like, like it has nothing to tie into what we even saw. I feel like at some point you just need to watch it just to, just to see how bad it is. And then you'll, you'll, you'll appreciate Saw X even more. Because that was the, that was the last one we saw before this one. I think it's the last Saw movie. Like, I'm trying to think, what was the last Saw movie I saw in theaters? I think the one where, like, Jig- Lincoln Park see was in it. No. You, you see Jigsaw theaters? Nope. I, I've, seen, I've seen all the, like, I saw Jigsaw Spiral and this one in theaters. So I've seen the last three in theaters. No, I saw two, I think, in theaters, and then I skipped a whole bunch because, like, I just never had a group to see that with. And then I saw the one with, uh, like, the guys in, oh, like, the lead singer of Linkin Park was, like, one of the lead singers Linkin Park was in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was that six or seven? That might have been, that was definitely, like, one of the later ones. It was way later, yeah. That might have been, yeah, that might have been the final chapter because I think, yeah, because was he, wasn't he tra- trapped in a car and the car like flamed to a wall or something? I guess, I, I think so. So yeah, Saw 3D because for some reason they made it a 3D movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's the last one I saw in theaters. But anyway, yeah, Saw X, fun. If you're if you're a Saw fan, it's it's definitely. Back back to what you know and love for the Saw franchise, and then we also 
uh, watched the movie Bats, Chris, the '99 movie. Um, because that was because that was the uh, most recent Husky made, so I think we wanted to like be refreshed on what what, what, what they might talk about. But but it's also uh, just a ridiculous movie to watch. <laughs> Lou Diamond Phillips, Dina Meyer, fight battling genetically engineered mats. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, it's funny because that movie has such a, like, all the ha- hallmarks of here is a monster creature creature feature that, like, no one was prepared that, to get that this out of control. Because you have a bad expert who's just like, hey, this is really bad news. They're like, no, you're not. Like, we're not going to believe the bad expert about this. And it takes them a while for them to be like oh shit we really need to tell people about this well they do, well, they do a full-on like dressing park they like fly helicopter out to where dina meyer is it's like yeah come with us there's bats there's bats right us. but it's like they never get another expert it's just like one and done like she's the voice of reason right you find her what? and she's just legit hey this is a problem and they're like you're wrong well what is it i guess bob gunton is also a bat expert like he's a bat scientist or something but then he's like crazy <laughs> Like he he turns out to be like the like the human villain of the movie. True, but he's like crazy. It's it's so his turn to being nuts is so weird. His his plan I don't I have no idea what the hell his plan was, because he well he, he somehow he somehow is like he has like a lure that he can use like lure the bats to wherever he wants, but then he thinks that he can control them, and then he is gonna use them to as a, a weapon to like just attack people or like. He designed it to be a weapon. Like I don't know if he's gonna, like he's. They're gonna planning on just dropping them into like a country. Just be like, yeah, go bats, kill, kill all the terrorists. Like we're gonna drop you in like the Middle East and just have you like fly around and murder people. It's like it's like it's, like, it's basically it's like Vincent D'Onofrio's plan for like Velociraptors. <laughs> it's like we're gonna use them as a weapon. I can yeah. control them. Like yeah, but that guy wasn't a scientist. That guy was no. legit a, uh, I guess mercenary guy. Yeah. Pa- paramilitary leader. This guy was a scientist that he was doing everything possibly wrong. Even the bats that saw him in the streets were giving him death stares, and he didn't—he didn't have a reaction that normal people would have. He wasn't just like, "Don't worry, my friends." Like if he gave that kind of wink and nod to the bats, we're like, "Uh oh, we should watch out for him." Up until that point in the movie, he seems like he's a regular part of the crew. Well, he just—he seems—he seems slimy, like he's very slimy, but he just seems like a, he's like a normal, like slimy, like government, like official, yeah. just like try to cover things up. But then, it, yeah, but then there's like the turn where he's like revealed to be like an actual like supervillain <laughs> trying to like use bats to like take over the world or whatever the whatever his plan is. So I I can control them. I I am the Batman. <laughs> like. And then also the thing about this movie too that I, like was just I think definitely uh, takes it down a couple notches is the bat like there's like bat vision and it's it's so like horrific to look like just the way it's shot is just so uncomfortable to look at <laughs> like it's I don't know if it's trying to be like night like late nineties music video style or something but it's 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 so shaky and blurry and like it's just, it's, it's it's like physically hard to look at. Yeah, like, it's, it's it's artistic uses like a music video in the '90s, which is yeah, not the appropriate. Yeah, it's, it's it's trying to have like that '90s, like that late '90s, like MTV, like music video style, 
but it's yeah it's just so <laughs> like it's you have to look away because it's your eyes hurt from looking at it and it's it's constantly it's constant in the movie just like constantly like fucking like bat vision But but there's there's some fun like uh you know creature stuff there's some fun kills like this the, the scene where like they attack the town and like the entire town is, is like getting killed by bats is like great yeah uh having the bats walk around and fly around and just terrorize the group is pretty funny mm-hmm. they're like they're like, swar- they're like swarming into like um like Dina Meyer and uh Luna and Phillips are in like a police truck like a like a like a SUV and then the bats are like climbing in they're like figuring out a way to like get inside like they're climbing through like the air conditioning and like the exhaust pipes and stuff to getting in so there are things the movie sort of hints at that there was an original group of bats that were smart and like three times as big as a normal bat i think from what i've read in like wikipedia and some other places is that there's like just like two they there's like two like giant like genetically and the two like they modified to be like intelligent and aggressive and all the other like genetics they did to it so like those two escaped and then all the other bats are kind of normal bats but then now they're infected by like whatever like disease these like giant bats have and then that makes them but also that, that aggressive disease and... made them but that disease made them smart i don't I don't know if it made the like the normal bats smart but it definitely made the normal bats like more aggressive and then, then there's like the two there's like the two like like giant bats that are like the main bats Although they don't, they don't really like, they don't really get into like, it's hard to like distinguish between like the, those, the, the giant bats and the normal bats because they like, all kind of just, like swarm together. It's yeah, not like, yeah, like, like, like arachnophobia had like, you know, like it had like the king spider and the queen spider, and it's, it's like they're very like recognizable. Like, the queen is like gigantic. Mm-hmm. Like usually, usually these movies have like a, like it's there's like an alpha or or like a some sort of like like the the main leader of like whatever swarm it is, and it, they're like way bigger way more aggressive like sharper teeth and all that stuff and i mean sort of you can sort of tell like the, the, there's like different bat sizes in here but like most of, it's mostly just like this like giant cg swarm or like puppet swarm of bats they all kind of just like blur together so i mean you only see the main bats is when somehow the the carols are just getting to a fist fight with them <laughs> yeah which happened more than you think or trying to shoot them with like pistols and revolvers, like single shot weapons, and not using like machine guns or shotguns a or flamethrowers. Yeah, the bats don't have projectiles. You seriously just a flamethrower? Just do like go in the cave flamethrower. And then the weird, the weird plan at the end where they're gonna drop a giant like refrigeration unit into like the the mine that the bats are using as like their roost, <laughs> and then. Because they, they want, they want, they want to put them all to sleep so they don't leave. But then they're just gonna blow up the, en- the entrance to the mine anyway. And the, the, the military is coming to like bomb the mine with like jet, like fighter jets. So it's, it's it's that it's like sort of like not clear like why they need to put them all. To sleep. I guess they I think they say a couple times like oh we can't we can't let them scatter around. They're gonna scatter if we like if we bomb them right now. We have to like make sure they all stay in one place. But it's such a, it's such a convoluted plan for like they're gonna they're just gonna like seal the mine anyway with explosives. Well, they put them to sleep, they all died inside, so then you don't need to bomb it again. 
But I'd well, vomit after like a week, you know, after enough time has passed, these bats have no way of getting out. Vomit. Oh, I think we have a issue too, like, um, <laughs> Leon from, uh, Cool Runnings. Cool Runnings and like, yeah, a bunch of other things. <laughs> his, like, his character is so weird. Like, he's just like ridiculous comic kind of relief. He just, and he's just constantly just like saying random things. He's the team's heart, I guess. <laughs> but yeah. he doesn't have any particular big skills. No. Besides comms. Sort he sort sort of computers a little bit because he comes he, he makes that like simulation of oh in, in in a year the bats are gonna take over the entire world if we let them get out. But yeah, he's just he's just always he always has some sort of someone will talk, be saying something he always has like some sort of like like comment about it. it's like some sort of like aside and like he hates bats which is hilarious but he's yeah. like but yeah over i mean pretty pretty kind of pretty fun movie there's definitely some flaws in it but like it's it's not you know it's on 2b it's on those it's on prime video like if you just like if you want to like if you're scrolling around, you want to see like a a weird '90s creature feature. It's it's pretty fun. Yeah, it's a fun movie. It's definitely dated. The only problem I see is uh, I don't know. Uh, it doesn't exactly end in a very satisfying way. It just sort of like you're just because you because sh- the really the comic should have been the school. Mm-hmm. The cave is sort of like this extended scene because they make such a big deal about the refrigerator unit. We barely get to see it. And then this like cave that is pretty cool to explore. Like we see more of it, but it's such a like they probably only have half of it finished. Mm-hmm. But it looks complex. Like the the pool of shit that they have to swim through. Oh god. The yeah. um the like many entrances and exits that like seem like this cave would have. And that's an abandoned mine? Like, it seemed operational for an abandoned mine. Yeah, so sort of abandoned mine, and then the bats were using it as... Millions of bats were using it as their, uh, like, nests. But, uh, yes, besides that, um, did you see anything else, Chris, besides those two? Uh, yeah. The other movie I saw during this week when I had some time was The Pale Blue Eyes, the Netflix uh, horror movie that they released, I think, a year ago. Is it is it a horror movie? It It's um it's horror, mystery, thriller. Like, it, it's a little bit of everything because there are scenes where there's, like, body horror, but they don't really focus in on it to a degree where you consider it like horror it's more just like murder mystery i guess i I guess it's more murder mystery though if you watch the trailer it really does look like there might be some sort of or just horror in the sense of like humanity i I, I, you know like there's no supernatural thing though though there is sort of like uh a classic occultist nature to it which i didn't mind and I, I really enjoyed it. I, I mean, so it's it's very like low rated just because um, 
the story is very flimsy at times and then the third act is very like it ramps up to like a different degree than what you think it's going to be mm-hmm. and let alone there is a big big twist that i'm not going to spoil yet but i think um you need to see it to understand okay. i think novel wise it might have been fun because uh, this is based on a book that uh i guess it did okay for this adaptation because during this time netflix when they were buying up rights they're just looking for things <laughs> but the pale blue eyes uh is about a detective named augustus uh landor who is a retired police like detective uh who is summoned to his to a military academy that uh have like requested his services um and landau is haunted by uh the, the loss of his daughter who has he has reported has gone missing for years and then while he's there he's noticing this trend of these this murder victim first it's like one murder victim then another and he's trying to detect a pattern of what's going on and because his methods are unconventional like no one like the you know, he suspects that someone in the academy and the academy, like, can't trust him, like, because they don't want to, like, kind of tell him too much or too little. So it's a cat and mouse game of him, the academy, until he meets a young Edgar Allan Poe, who's there, and he befriends Edgar, and then Edgar is able to kind of weasel his way in because Edgar has, like, a very charming and and artistic take on life and he's his poetry does win over some people so he's able to use edgar to get all this information and sort of make a good deductive guess and I'm not saying he influences things but it's one of those maybe just how i was watching it it's like the way he's conducting his manners uh in this time frame because there's no science it's just more like like accusations and then during this time because there's no science just besides like oh you you were found next to this dead body you must be guilty mm-hmm. back then it's um you get away with murder like a lot so for him to kind of prove that it was someone and like all these kind of events are tied in together it does take a lot of like okay i need to keep like witnesses alive i need to find at least the clothes someone wore and and sort of uh still has you know like it's it it sort of like is a very difficult thing to be a detective back then but i mean not when you're just like you accuse someone and it's just like all right you accuse them Mm -hmm. and if they're not here to defend themselves they must be guilty so i get that like it it does feel unsatisfied for one part uh where there everything sort of ties in together between landau landor edgar Allan poe's uh like the friend like the people he's met in the academy and then um the other area is that there's this info um like wealthy family who has served the military for a while and the father is the head like doctor of the the military academy and he like you know he's lives a laggish life he he has a two kids one of them is in the academy the other one is this sickly girl who has pale blue eyes and that's where Edgar Allan Poe sort of like oh like he swears to protect her and then 
tries to stop his murder so that he can kind of be with her and stuff. But that kind of ruins Landau's Landor's um, like need, like you know he's trying to get him to do the police business because like again it, it's like that's his it's like I wouldn't say his partner, but he's definitely like getting him because the academy doesn't want as much as they want to solve this mystery. They also suspect Edgar Allan Poe, too. So it's like, everyone wants, you know what I mean? It's all about the optics. And it's it's hard. So, like, I didn't mind it. Like, as a detective story, this made sense. Uh, and it kind of reminds me of the movie, uh, what was that one? Um, In Hell? The Johnny Depp one? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like that. Like, it, it wants to be that, but it doesn't have enough strong killer or um other characters like i feel like christian bale he really is like if he's not in the scene it's slow but henry mendeling uh who plays Edgar Allan poe he's pretty good like he does a good job he's very um not he's wormy like he's supposed to be this like you know like Edgar Allan poe in real life was this guy who's like a drunk and he just sort of complained a lot and you can see like that is beginning, but he's well versed. Like, you know, he he understands life. He understands that like you know, even if you do like the right thing, it can be the wrong thing. And also that like humans are flawed and and all that. So like, it does a good job of tying in a dark gothic tale, just because it really is like humans are terrible people if you let them be. And there's a degree of okay, like, it, it good versus evil, but, like, what is really evil and what is really good? So I didn't mind that. and But I was really shocked that this has really low ratings. It was something like 4.2, even though I think this was Academy Award winning for costume and setting. The movie looks good. Like, the, the setting and the, the visuals, I liked it. It's a good, like, beginning Halloween movie throw on. Yeah, I've heard, like, I so I haven't seen it yet, but I heard, like, a lot of the, like, one of the main complaints was, like, it's way too slow. Like, it's just, like... Uh, uh, I didn't... I mean, yeah, it's not your typical fast-paced detective movie. I, I didn't mind it, like I said, like, in, uh, okay, this isn't in hell. In hell is very fast and very, like, everyone's witty, and, and then everyone either, either is sarcastic and and sort of, like, doubting Johnny Depp and his partner. Or Giant Depp is sort of like too cocky for his own good until like he goes like, oh, I've been mistaken. You know, I'm, I'm on the wrong trail. This, uh, the way Christian Bale plays the detective, he's just observing. He just, he has to observe. He has to jot down notes. He has to like revisit things because he doesn't have like technology. He doesn't have assistance. In fact, the, the military academy there is, you know, contradictive they're like oh we want you to solve this case but can you do it really fast and then like why is it taking you months to do this and the the movie i think takes a place over like two months mm-hmm. maybe a month it's it's a little strange yes yeah, so i will admit it does it is slow but it's supposed to be this long observation of this group and then his um involvement that you know he does he needs everyone's so he can tell people like when he writes his report 
otherwise, I, I didn't mind it. Again, it's not the not the most best detective story. I've seen other movies that are similar and has this. I mean, even me just mentioning that there's a twist is a given. But I still say it's worth going in. But I mean, you could be on your phone at some points and you won't really miss a beat. Like I was. Well, is, is it is it better than The Raven? Yes. <laughs> the Raven to this day, I can remember certain parts, but even then, I still don't remember, like... Like, the movie's not about... You really don't care about the serial killer as The Raven. Yeah, and it was, it was trying to use... Like, the killer's using Edgar Allan Poe stories as, like, the kills... <laughs> Oh, this one doesn't even have that. Like, no, because, yeah, Poe, yeah, I know. Because he's, he's not even, yeah, he's not even an author yet. He's just a, he's a cadet at West Point. But, he hasn't written anything yet. But the thing is, this one is pretty good in the sense that it's not like all the tracks, all the things you see here is, uh, like, things that help him inspire his work. Like, no one's walking around in a mask. No one's walking around in, like, a like beating heart, like, being, Raven? Like, is there a Raven? There are ravens, but he just, like, it's in the background. Like, it's not something that he is looking at going, oh, I got an idea for a poem based on the raven. Like, it more it makes sense to what breaks his human spirit of just seeing the worst in humanity and also being judged as someone that is different than the typical militant guy in this era. So it's like not a, quite a character study for Edgar, but it makes sense that he was around to witness this like, or, or he was part in this side story that, you know, he didn't, he sees things that like, you know, he, he was part of this messed up crime that there are no, like, you know, there's no victory and justice. It's sort of just like a thing mm -hmm. and it's more complicated to even get more involved with. Uh, and again, I don't want to spoil it. I still think it's worth it. If you have that at the time, I think it's only like an hour and a half, so it's like just a 90-minute movie, but certain points will make it seem like it's longer. And, I mean, it's just scenery shots and people walking outside. So if you, like, edit this down, this would be even shorter. I think they had to fluff it up because they don't want to be, a like, a snappy dialogue detective story. Like, they really want to show that this retired detective is out of his element. He's supposed to be old. He's supposed to be frail in the sense that he can't, like, you know, his life has been nothing but drinking and hanging out in the woods. Mm -hmm. So for him to, like, go back in detective mode, it makes sense. Plus, he's not Sherlock Holmes. Like, he's not a, uh, I guess, like a know-it-all that stores all the knowledge. He's someone who's just very observant and goes, well, that's weird. And then he, you know, says, hey, I want to go investigate why that's weird. Like, he, I'll say that out loud. And then it makes sense why he ends up doing things. Because I know there's some detective stories that the guy happens to just know a fact. And it's like, wow, that's a really complicated fact. Like, why do you remember that? And he doesn't. He actually has to consult. Uh, uh, one of them was, like, religious things. And Robert Duvall is just in this movie. Mm hmm as uh, Jean Pepe. And he's a religious scholar that studies like symbolisms and, and religious like overtones uh, and cryptology. But this is still like, you know, freaking 19th century. So it's not like the best. It's just like, I happen to have this old ass book. I'm like, wow, 
That's probably one of five made. Why is that here? So it's a uh, it's worth watching. Like I, I I don't know. I like Christian Bale drama movies, and this isn't a straight up action movie. It's more of a um, a drama. And then when when you do see horror, it's like oh thank God. Like let me see let me see like some drama. Like you know minor body horror. Well yeah, because I think I think the the movie that Scott Cooper, a director, made right before this was Antlers, which was like a really like <laughs> bloody movie. Like yeah, produced that. That was like a straight up. That was a straight up horror movie. Yeah, this is more restraint. I it's not horror horror, but you know, I was more in the mood for just getting in the horror element season. You know, spooky season. I I feel like this is more of a winter movie just because the setting is in the winter. It's isolated. It feels like cold when you watch it. Mm -hmm. So it, uh, it, it, I, again, I guess like when you watch it and you, it's going to be on the fence. I, I mean, I watched it. Maybe I was in the right mindset. If the critical review was that like, the third act is unravels. It kind of does. It's one of those like if you think about it, it's more complicated. And then, but that's like the 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 gimmick of the story. Like maybe some critics didn't understand. That's the point. Like mm-hmm. it's all meaningless, and it's like sorrow is like all consuming. So there's no true answer. It's sort of just like you live with these horrible facts. And again, makes sense for Edgar Allan Poe, but he is not the main star. It he's just a side character. I mean, he, like, co-stars, but it really is. It's about this tormented detective who, like, his life sucks. And he's, his mission, he's just, all he has left is detective work. So I don't think you'll see, like, sequels or anything. It's more of a one and done, and I didn't mind that. Like, I feel like it's going to be one of those, like, lost gems, but it happens to be a very good-looking lost gem. Yeah. That's about it for me. What about you? Yeah, so I saw a couple uh, TV, recent TV stuff. Actually, both superhero stuff. Um, so I saw the season two premiere of Loki, uh, which came out last week. And then uh, if you're hearing this, probably uh, I think episode two is dropping. Six episodes a season. But uh, yeah, f- that was definitely a fun, a fun premiere um, for Loki. Um, Basically, it picks up right where season one left off, where you know Loki ends up in back in TVA, but no one knows who he is, and you kind of, you kind of get the explanation for that like pretty quickly, um, and because he's like time, and it was in the trailer like he's time slipping, so he's like he's like jump he's like jumping all around in like the past, the present of the TVA, um, so he's so he's so he's, he's ending up in like the past, and then that's why. It, people don't know who he is and then he's go stands back to the president and then everyone's like oh loki you're back where where, where you been like but then uh the big the big the, the big kind of thing in the first episode is they have to go they're trying to figure out what why loki's time slip is so they go see um ouroboros a, aka ob's but by uh kiki kwan who's the tva's like repair kind of engineer like they, they just, he just he's been there for like thousands of years and they just like he just gets like endless like broken equipment sent to him to like these tubes and he just like is just constantly just fixing them and like no one ever like he's no one ever goes to visit him so or like it'll, it'll be like hundreds of years before someone like visits him because like Mobius goes to see him and it's like oh how has been Mobius like three hundred years it's like yeah I think so <laughs> um but he he's the one who kind of like is like able to fi- like 
maybe maybe you'll figure out some way to like stop Loki from like j- like constantly just like getting pulled around different time periods. And it's and it's all it's all like the kind of the TVA kind of look like it's all like the weird mix of analog and like futuristic kind of tech where it's like this like bulky but it also um like high tech like equipment that they, uh, they need to use this is this a whole convoluted plan that they had ex- executed in the first episode but yeah a lot, a lot of fun a lot of a lot, a lot of fun stuff um there's a, there's a really great bit where um like loki ends up in the past talking to ob but then owen mm-hmm. wilson like mobius is in the, f- the present talking to ob and it, it kind of has that like bill and ted kind of thing where it, like loki is like ta- like t- like asking ob stuff and he's like oh well you might need, you might need this and then back in the present like like almost like is there anything we can do to, like help him he's like oh yeah wait i just remembered like something that happened like i was talking to someone in the pa- like 300 years ago in the past <laughs> i told him to do this do they not remember like people's faces well it's it's they do the thing where it's like like it's it's like Loki like because it, it like Loki's in the past and but like it's it, so it's like he's like causing the memories to occur as they're happening in the present so it's like like Loki like he's talking to Loki in the past but then like that's causing in the future like that's like generating new memories for Obi to be like oh yeah I, I do I, now I remember like I, I was I I made this thing or I talked to I talked to this guy. But, but it's, it's it's like that Bill and Ted. Remember like Bill and Ted when they're like, we should like go back and like and we should like remember to come back in time and like leave the keys for ourselves here. Like, and Do then they, they actually like show it, or it's more implied. Well, I mean, so there's, there's so like there's, there's like this gadget that they have to use, um, like almost has to use like to help Loki like stop time slipping. So then in the past, like Loki's like, it's like, is there a way to help like stop me from time slipping? He's like, oh, I could I could like I can make this like thing maybe, and then and then in the present like. When he's talking to Owen Wilson, he's like, "Oh, here I made this thing." Because, <laughs> like uh, that that guy you were just with, Loki, like came and saw me like like years ago, <laughs> and then I I've been holding onto this for you. Gotcha. So they, it's sort of like bread uh, breadcrumbs they'll leave. Yeah, and and yeah, and then just so just and just all yeah, off like like back and forth of like like. When Loki jumps in the past, or it jumps in like other time periods, it's, and then like everyone, everyone's like reacting to it, or like so that's that, that's it's like the first episode. And then we're kind of getting the I don't I don't think we've really gotten like the meat of the, the season yet in the first episode. Like they're kind of just like it's like I just like resolving that like that season one cliffhanger, and then and then I think in the next couple episodes we'll we'll get like the more of the meat of the the season with, with like what's going on with like Sylvie and Kang and all that stuff. But yeah, de- de- definitely, definitely one of the best Marvel things this year, though. I mean, it has, it has been a lot of competition, but I mean, it's like this and Guardians Volume Three are probably the two best Marvel things this year, and it's definitely way better than Secret Invasion or anything else that Quantum I, I still have not finished Secret Invasion. You you do not have to. It's it's this that's probably I would I mean probably the worst Marvel thing, or I mean, or definitely like bottom bottom tier Marvel things. And it, sh- and it should have been one of the best things. Like that plot line is so good in the comics, and it's but they just totally blew it in the in the show. But yeah, def- but be definitely a, a return to turn like a good return to form for the MCU shows and just the MCU in general. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. And then over on Prime Video, I've been watching 
uh, Gen V, which is the the boys spinoff, uh, which I think is four episodes in at this point. They dropped like the first three, the first week, and then episode four was last week. But yeah, it's uh, it's been great so far. Uh, definitely, it definitely has that same like boys feel as far as like you know ridiculous over top violence and uh, you know social commentary and uh, making fun of like superhero tropes and so it, it it's you, you can definitely tell like this is the the exact same, like there's no like like it's it definitely it feels like it's taking place in the same universe as the boys and there's, you know there's, there's references like stuff that like it seems like it's taking place after uh season three of the boys um because they reference things that happened in like that season uh, a little right. bit there's, there's easter eggs and some cameos and stuff and yeah and it's taking place at uh Godolkin University, which is like the Vought run college for uh, young superheroes, and it's kind of it's it's funny because there's um, there's basically like there's like two programs at like Godolkin. It's like you can either be in like the crime fighting uh, program or like the uh, like celebrity like uh, like but like star like path. So so anyone who's not gonna anyone who's like is not gonna be like in the seven or like an actual like superhero ends up in like this like this performance <laughs> like celebrity path where it's like you'll you'll be on like like the like the, you know the the boys equivalent of like dancing with the stars or something <laughs> or or you'll be like a manager for uh superheroes but you're not gonna be an actual you won't be on the, you're not gonna be like a superhero superhero wait but be... some superheroes are just being managers like that... some tr- wannabe trainees with powers well there's there's like a there's like a like um, so there's like, like Patrick Schwarzenegger is, is like golden boy, like, like he's like this kind of like the human torch, but he's like the, like most, like number one student at Godalkin. Like he's like the most popular, like popular like guy, like he's basically like being groomed to be like the next Homelander. But then like, he has a girlfriend who, um, Kate, who can like, if she touches you, she can like manipulate your mind and like, like, you know, kind of like do like mind control on you. But then she is not like, she, in one of the later episodes, she's like, "I don't want to be like a. I was. I wasn't gonna be like a crime fighter. I was gonna be like Luke's like manager." <laughs> and then, and, and then, like the main, like the main character, uh, Marie, who um, is like an orphan. And then she like gets a scholarship to Godalkin. Um, she like has like blood, like these like her powers like hemokinetic, so she can, like control blood and turns like weapons or like manipulate it. But then. She gets to Godalkin, and they're like, "Well, your your, your superpower is not really, you know, PR friendly or like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like uh, uh, you know, middle America friendly. So you're not gonna be in the crime fighting uh, uh, course. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're, you can, you're in like the like performing arts <laughs> program. So, so there's yeah, it's you know how in like the main show they were always talking about like oh like your like Q rating you're like you're like oh Homelander's rating is down because of like what he said or like Starlight's rating is up because of like what she did right, so there's, right. there's still there's still a lot of that like Va is like very aware of like all, all the students that get all in like and like trying to like find the best ones that are gonna be like the most like photo photogenic or high like can earn the most money or be the most popular And yeah, but but then but yeah, yeah so lot, all all the characters are actually like are really interesting and and uh, and uh uh fun to watch on the show. Um, 
like there's like like uh it's like yeah like marie and then like marie's roommate is uh emma who can like she she can like shrink her size down but she has to like like puke to do it (laughs) um and then there's like uh there's like jordan who like has can like shift genders and then um in like their feminine form they 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 they, like fire energy blast but in like their male form they can like they're invulnerable and they're like constantly back and forth so, so there's, there's like interesting powers that you don't really, you haven't seen like on the like the main boy show. It's it's also interesting like it's like I mean, on the main show we're obviously finding like mo- like mostly the the boys and like the soups are like the bad guys mostly. But then here mm-hmm. it's like the soups are like the are like our main characters and like our protagonists, and they're and they're like trying to like solve like this mystery that's going on at the school. Because there's because there's, there's like evil Vought stuff going on like underneath the school that they're, that they're trying to like they like learn about and then are trying to stop. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So just some some crazy like you know we've seen some crazy stuff on the boys, but there's also there's like a lot of crazy stuff. <laughs> like you'll see some like crazy visuals. I don't want to spoil any of them, but like there's definitely some crazy stuff that like you see like you're, like you're not prepared for <laughs> on Gen V. That's cool that they are embracing some of the weird stuff. Um, I just remember in the comic it was actually a little more sexual stuff than the weird. There, there's there's quite a bit of that going on. There's some weird like <laughs> super super sexual stuff going on. I don't know. There's one panel that is sort of like homoerotic, where it's like mm-hmm. the guy characters are peeing on each other. That 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 has nothing like that has happened yet. But yeah, there's been some weird, um, <laughs> like some stuff with like Emma shrinking down and then getting like doing some stuff, and then mm-hmm. um, someone else gets like maybe like they're like <laughs> like dick blown up and stuff. I, I mean, I get it. It, it. it It's sort of playing around, and again, that's what made this side spinoff story of Huey in the college, and he's just like, superheroes are gross. Like, young, out-of-control, powered-up heroes are gross. Yeah, and then there's also, um, like, the most recent episode they had, like, uh, there's, like, a one-off character, but he's, I think he's a character in the book, in the comic book, uh, Tech Knight. So he he shows up in like most of his episode and he's a ton of fun. He's played by Derek Wilson from like Future Man and uh like Preacher. Mm-hmm. But and then he but he he hosts like this like true crime show on like Vot Plus, like the Vot streaming service. And then he show, he shows up to kind of investigate like the main like crime that's happened in the the first episode. And then Let me guess, does he have a sexual problem? He's he, yeah, he is a weird proclivity for holes. Yep. Any kind of holes, <laughs> yeah. So that they, they definitely play that up in the episode. And then he also, but he also has like, I don't know if it's his, if, it, if it's his power or he just has um, like I I think his power is like he has like really high like observation skills. Like he like he can zoom in and be like, oh, I see like a bead of sweat forming on your face. Like you're lying to me or whatever. Because he's he's a, he's not like a very he's a very like good at like interrogator. And so then he's like trying to like investigate and trying to get to like the like the, the truth of what happened in the first episode. Because there's there's like a there's a huge kind of like end of the first episode event that happens that is kind of like the main thing that everyone's trying to like solve or like deal with for the rest of the season. And then he shows up and everyone's just like, oh shit, Tech Knight's here. He's like he's gonna he's gonna figure out what's going on. Ah, because in the comic version, he's already been like. I think he, I think he like sexually assaulted someone because he got like too. He saw like a crater or something. Mm-hmm. He saw something like in an opening, and he was just like, "Uh oh." 
And then because yeah. of that, his popularity went horribly down. But he has, like, this, like, not to spoil much, but in the comic version, he has a brain tumor, and that's why he has what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And it's messing up with his body, but... Yeah, he's he's got like a, like a semi-tragic backstory that sort of explains it, but out of everyone in the whole boys thing, he's just perverted in like the public thing, but like he's not like a terrible person. I mean, depends on the certain parts, but yeah, it, well, they definitely play it that he's like a sleazy like TV host and uh doesn't like really, doesn't really give a shit about like like he's he'll he'll like he'll like frame someone if it like if to like solve like whatever crime it is if it give him good ratings or <laughs> like he basically shows up like he shows up he's basically just like well I'm gonna find a scapegoat find a scapegoat for this crime and then I'm gonna I'm just gonna pin it on them and then I don't really care yeah, if okay, they did so or not that's like, different that is different um but yeah ton 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 tons of fun so far if you're a fan of the boys. Definitely watch Gen V. You'll get the same, same, same vibe, same humor, same overtop violence, same like crazy situations. So, yeah, definitely, definitely a a great spinoff of the boys, and definitely like a good like uh you know stopgap until we get uh season four of the boys at whatever point. <laughs> but uh yeah, so that, that's it for me. Speaking, we wrap things up. Uh, definitely head over to the site. We've got all of our usual news and features, reviews, and all that stuff. Um. And you can you can also head over and listen to our uh, commentary from last week, which was uh, we watched Three Ninjas Knuckle Up for Chris's birthday, our annual Chris <laughs> watch a terrible martial arts movie for Chris's birthday. So you can uh, head over and watch that classic, quote unquote, uh, with us, and all the all the other usual stuff is up there as well. Head over to check all that stuff out. And uh, yeah, so for Chris, I'm Zach, and we will see you next week. For more Everything Action, head to www.everythingaction.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, at EVAction, on Facebook by searching for Everything Action, and follow us on Instagram, at everything.action. You can also subscribe and get more episodes on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify.